Welcome to the All Saints Community Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community of worship and formation on mission with Jesus. We are committed to being rooted in the scriptures and the historic Christian faith and to kingdom life in the power of the Holy Spirit. As you listen, may you be encouraged and empowered to know the Lord Jesus and make him known. For more information on who we are, visit allsaintsokc.org or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at ASCCOKC. So a couple of weeks ago, we looked at the first two of four things, who we are, where we're going, and we talked about our mission statement. We looked at we're following Jesus and his mission that he has given us as a local church, which is made up of those four pieces. We're a community of worship and formation on mission with Jesus. We talked about that. And then a second thing that we looked at briefly was the fact that we are a vineyard church. And at the same time, we're influenced by the ancient Christian faith. We're a vineyard church. We're part of a movement that's really only about 45 years old. But here at this local church, we have great value that we place in the early church, the biblical church. We spent over a year in the book of Acts because we love to see what God was doing in the early church. And then we have practices around here that we find in the scriptures and in those first 400 years of the church. And so we talk about it quite a bit, don't we? We, we love what God is doing now, and we love recent moves of the Holy Spirit, like the vineyard, but we also love the ancient stuff. And we, I pointed out that Really, if you have an obsession with what's new, oftentimes you find yourself in heresy. This infatuation with the newest and the latest can oftentimes lead you off of the path of Christian orthodoxy. The word orthodoxy means right worship, and so the church has been worshiping rightly for 2,000 years, and when you're fixated on what's the newest thing, what's, in, what's God, what, what's the new and you leave behind the old and the ancient teaching of the Scriptures in the early church, it can lead you into problematic areas oftentimes. There's a verse here. I'm going to read it from Jeremiah 6, 16, and then I'm going to look at the third point here. But Jeremiah 6, 16 says this, Thus says the Lord, stand at the crossroads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way lies and walk in it, and find rest for your souls. So Jeremiah 6.16, even back for the Old Testament people of God, the prophet Jeremiah was saying, ask the Lord for the ancient path, the simplicity of loving the Lord with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, and strength, and loving your neighbor. And he was calling them back to the prophetic scriptures. And so we, today, in 2024, we also want to Hearken to what the scriptures say and, and follow, ask for the ancient path. Amen, church? So a third thing about who we are, where we're going, a third thing here, and I'm going to focus mostly on this today, is we love the local church, and we're committed to growing as a local church in these areas. I want to 
talk about them. This local church, along with all other local churches across the state and the region, the country and the world, are going to be expressing, they're going to be manifesting these things about the church. We love the local church, and we embrace the fact that we're a family, that we're the house of God. Look at Romans 8.29 together. Here, Romans 8.29. We'll have it on a slide, but again, I encourage you to bring your Bible, look these verses up, get familiar with the Scriptures, so I'm not just spoon-feeding things to you or whoever is preaching and teaching, but you actually are serving and finding your way through the Scriptures on your own. Because during the week, there's no slides. Is that right? I don't have slides in my room at home, bedroom. Do you guys have slides, or do you have someone who's speaking and guiding you through a time with the Lord, a quiet time? So I want to encourage us when we come together to practice, to bring your Bible, to get familiar, so that when Monday and Tuesday rolls around, you are actually opening the Word of God for yourself. You're checking on what I'm saying to make sure it's in line with Scripture, whoever else is preaching, and let's become a people of the Scriptures every day of the week. Amen? Romans 8.29, the local church as a family in a house. The Apostle Paul says this, for those whom, and we're familiar with Romans 8.28, right? But look at what's on the heels of Romans 8.28. For those whom God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son in order that he might be the firstborn within a large family. So God the Father has known and predestined that people would be conformed to the image of Jesus. And God is in the business right now of establishing a worldwide family. People from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. And so we get to be part of that. We're the Lord's family. Look at 1 Timothy 3.15. Not only are we his family with Christ as our elder brother, and we follow him, we follow in his steps, and the Holy Spirit is conforming us to the image of Jesus day by day. If we're pressing in and walking with him, 1 Timothy 3.15. Paul, again, is speaking about the local church, and he says, you are the household of God. It is the church of the living God, the pillar and bulwark of the truth. So friends, this local church, we love the fact that we're a spiritual family, that we're united through Christ and filled with the Spirit, and it unifies us. I just met Adam. Adam got a couple prophetic words this morning. We're total strangers, but within 30 seconds, it was like we're brothers. We're brothers. And he began to share his heart openly with me. He's been radically saved by the Lord. What did you, did you say three shooting drugs three years ago, and the Lord Jesus rescued him. And so then Sam comes up and says, you know what, brother? You're a rescuer. The Lord's going to use you. And so there's brotherhood and sisterhood in Christ, in the Holy Spirit. We're a family, and there's nothing like it, right? Some of us, a lot of us, have dysfunction and brokenness in our families. And so we get a second go-around with our spiritual family where we get to love each other, forgive each other, work through the hard stuff, 
and not bolt. And I love this church. A lot of you have stuck it out and worked through hard things with one another. It's very easy to go, you know what, I'm going to the church across town. But what happens is you end up running into the same stuff across town that you run into in the church where you are. So we want to stick it out and work through things and love and work through conflict. And the roots go deeper because we're, that's right, community. A second thing as we love the local church and we're committed to growing as a house of God, a family, we're a hospital. Can I get an amen? Some of you rolled in this morning bleeding out. You need some triage spiritually. The prophet Jeremiah says this, Jeremiah 8:22, and he's looking at the people of God and they're bleeding out and they've rebelled against God. And he says this, it's kind of a cryptic thing that he's saying here, but he says this, is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? And what Jeremiah was saying to the people of God, he was saying, there is a physician if you will turn to him. Yahweh is your physician. The Lord is your healer, and he will come in and apply a balm to your life. If you will humbly submit to him in repentance, his mercy will wash over you, and there is a healing balm. There is a healing balm, friends, and it happens in the church. The healing balm that God speaks of through, through his prophet there is found in the church among the people of God. And we know this. What unites us is we're all sinners. There is not a single person in here, in this church, who is not a sinner in need of salvation. Every one of us. We all need healing, deliverance, transformation. And friends, some of us have lived in years of darkness and brokenness. Adam, you shared that with me. You had years. And so we were slaves to sin. We were prisoners. Some of us literally in prison. Some of us in the, the prison of sin. And the church is the place where the Lord calls us to be delivered and rescued and transformed and healed. So we get to be a hospital here at All Saints. We are a hospital where the balm of Christ's blood is applied to people's lives. And some of us come right out of the darkness, and we need deliverance and healing, and we need the balm of Christ's mercy and his blood applied to our lives. But friends, this is a lifelong thing. It doesn't matter if you're one week old in the Lord or 40 years with Christ. You need ongoing healing, and the church is the place where that healing and wholeness occurs. We take this seriously here at the church, don't we? One of the things that we value is what Esther and her team call transformation ministries. And so inner healing and deliverance and sozo and these kinds of approaches to getting cleaned up and transformed, to walking in repentance. And frankly, it's one of the reasons that, that this church has survived and thrived through the various things that we've been through is because of transformation ministry. We all realize all of us need inner healing. We need to be healed and have Jesus apply the balm 
of his mercy to us. So we're a house and a family. We're a hospital. We're also a school here at All Saints. Look at Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. Church, we are a school of the Holy Spirit. This is a calling for the New Testament church and for the church until Christ returns. Jesus looks at his church and he says, this is going to be a school of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the greatest teacher. And if you were in the church, then you are signing up to be teachable and humble. And so here at All Saints, we say regularly, there's no know-it-alls. If you're a know-it-all, come and get prayer after church and repent of that because there's no such thing as a know-it-all in the kingdom. There's no know-it-alls. We humbly learn and we read the scriptures with fresh eyes and we let the Lord teach us in the school of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. Paul says this. He's talking about the spiritual gifts that are given after Christ's resurrection and ascension, and he says this, the gifts that Christ gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, and look at verse 12. What's it say? The gifts are given to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. Look at verse 13. What's that first word there in your Bible? First until all of us come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to maturity. So all the gifts of the Spirit are given, the different, the apostolic, the prophetic, the evangelist, all of the gifts are given to equip the whole church because we are a school of training. And we talk about this regularly. Everybody is called to participate in the Colosseum of the kingdom life. If you're on the bench, it's time to get off the bench and get in. Some of you, over time, you've been drawn into the, the game of the kingdom, to playing and destroying the works of the enemy, and to aggressively going after lost people and transforming them. We are a school of the Holy Spirit. I had you look at that first ver the first word there in 13, because all of the gifts are given until. So this single word right here dismantles the whole cessationist argument. The idea that any of the gifts of the Spirit have ceased. They're all given, verse 13, until the church comes to full unity, until the church knows the Son of God and is like Christ. So that one verse right there shows us we're a school of the Holy Spirit where all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit operate. And we practice on Sundays, but then you during the week in groups, which I was supposed to talk about at the beginning of the message, right, Claire? Thank you, Lord. It's never too late. Groups are being launched. And so thank you, Lord. Little reminder, I've got Esther and Claire going, praise God, he remembered. We've got groups underway right now, and they're launching, and so you need to consider either leading a group or participating in a group. And at one point, Esther, wasn't it we had like 80% of the church involved 
in small groups. Friends, this is the place. This is the way for you to meet and connect with other people, to study the scriptures together, to pray just like the early church did. They met on Sundays, the Lord's Day, had a large gathering, and during the week, they met in one another's homes and devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, the breaking of bread, and prayer. A fourth thing here, we love the local church, and the local church is an army. Can we say that together? An army. You are the army. And we said this as we were becoming a vineyard. We said, this is not the church where you're an audience. If you are just looking to roll in and listen to some nice music and hear someone teach and then scurry out quickly and go home and maybe do it again the next Sunday, this is not. At All Saints, we're an army. And we are committed to this seven days a week. And we work and we go to school and those various things, but we're kingdom people filled with the Holy Spirit, anointed to serve like Christ, to proclaim his word and do his works. Look at 2 Timothy 2, 1 to 4. Again, I'm not coming up with it. This is straight out of the New Testament. The New Testament speaks about the church being a family and a house, a place of healing, a hospital, a school, and it also speaks about being the army of the Lord. As you look there, the word army can be a loaded term these days, can't it? Let me ask you, when I mention army, the army of Christ, how are we different than political armies, than armies of nations? We don't look anything like that, do we? We're an army of servants, an army of love, an army of compassion, an army that goes in and rescues lost people, an army of forgiveness, an army of repentance. Look at what Paul says. Let's see if I can find it here. First Timothy. Two, one to four. I'm going to read it here. Second Timothy. Thank you. Second Timothy two, one to four. And listen for the words here, the language. Paul speaking to the young man that he's mentoring, his disciple Timothy, who's probably in his early twenties, and he says this You then, my child, Timothy, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me through many witnesses, entrust to faithful people who will be able to teach others as well. And then look at verse 3. Friends, this is true for all of you, for all of us, not just Timothy. Share in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving in the army gets entangled in everyday affairs. The soldier's aim is to please the enlisting officer. So friends, this local church is an army unit. And the Lord calls us to be soldiers. And that's going to look different for different people, right? But all of us are called to serve in the army and to take on that mindset. We're at war. And you can be quiet and introverted and soft-spoken, or you can be vocal, letting everybody know, like Adam, he's been saved 
and he's letting the world know it's not a personality thing, it's a calling. We are called to serve in the army of the Lord. And he says right here that we are going to suffer. It's part of following Jesus. It's not unusual that you would suffer, that I would suffer, that we would be misunderstood, mistreated, persecuted. That is a normal part of following Jesus as soldiers of Jesus who are committed to serving him. One of the words was for this group over here about dryness and walking through difficult times. And I've had an ongoing conversation with one of our interns, Braden, and he said I could talk about him. But he and I, over the last few years, have been walking through what it means to be a soldier of Jesus Christ. And he came and sat in my office, and he said, bro, this is, this is tough. This is hard. I've got doubts and questions and temptations, and I, how am I going to do this? And I just looked at him, and I said, bro, this is what it means to follow Jesus. You're growing up. This is how it is. There's nothing strange or unusual about you. You're in the army, bro. What military, if you're on the front line, do we sit around and sip tea and say, oh, this is wonderful. How are you doing? And I mean, we're on the front line, friends. We are in the army of the Lord. And so it's time for all of us to get the game face on and to realize that you can't tap out because I've asked the Lord, how... Lord, how do I get out of the battle? Is it like, do I get, can I get a free pass, a 60-day pass to step out and go to another place or at where it's easy? And then I read the Word of God, and it says, you need to prepare to suffer as a good soldier of Jesus. This is part of it. And your life is short. Young people, your life is short. It's hard to see now. If you're 15, 20, 25, your life is going to pass you by. And so it's time to wake up, to realize you are a soldier. This is normal. It's part of your development. And you only get developed, really, in the hard times. What soldier is developed sitting on the beach Sip and lemonade. It does, there's no formation there. The soldier is formed in battle and in preparation for battle and spending time with the Lord Jesus, the commander, and learning to hear his voice. Friends, we're an army. And I know you have this in your heart. I'm just preaching a little bit, maybe preaching to myself. But I love it because Braden, at his age, is getting a hold of this. It's getting inside of him, and then he's calling other young people to man up. And so he's realizing this is part of what it means to follow Jesus. He's at work in me. I will cling to him in the hard times because I'm a soldier of Jesus. That changes everything, doesn't it, to have that mentality? This last thing, I want to end with this. A part of who we are at this church means that we prayerfully obey the Lord. You can see it up here. And the Lord multiplies his work among us. And as we end here, I want to just let you in. We were 
meeting some leaders here at the church, and we were praying together, and this was just before Advent. And so we were talking about Advent, but we opened the Scriptures to Luke 26 through 38. And it's where Mary is visited by the angel and promised these massive promises. And the angel says to Mary in Luke 1, 26 through 38, I'll just summarize it quickly. You can look at it, though. The angel Gabriel is sent to Nazareth. He comes to Mary. He says, the Lord is with you. Do not be afraid. You found favor with God. You're going to conceive in your womb and bear a son, and his name is going to be Jesus He's going to be great. He will be son of the Most High, and he will rule as king, and his kingdom will have no end. And Mary, who's an early teenager, because that's how it worked in those days. They would get married at younger age. She was puzzled by this. She's like, how can this be? I've never been with a man. I'm a virgin. And Gabriel explained, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. He's going to overshadow you with his power. And he's going to conceive the holy child within your womb. And Mary's response at the end there at Luke 138 is this. Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. And so we've come out of Advent, but I want to point us back to this passage. Friends, this is the mindset we want to have at All Saints. We are servants of the Lord. And he speaks to us as a church individually and collectively, and he makes promises that are way bigger than anything you and I can handle, way bigger than anything that you and I can accomplish. It's only by the power of his spirit, not by might nor by power, but by his spirit. And so in our prayer time as a leadership team, leaders, we began to say, what if we have the attitude that Mary demonstrates here as a church? And we put ourselves in God's presence, and we realize that only He can do the stuff that He's going to call us to in the coming days. Yes, Lord? (laughs) Makes me think of Dead Poets Society when the phone rings right in the middle of it. So, that's all right. So, can we have that attitude that Mary demonstrated? Yes, Lord, be it done to us according to your word. And what if, church, the Lord wants this local church to be, bear with me here, like her womb? The Holy Spirit comes upon her brings forth something miraculous that only God can do. There's multiplication. The king, the kingdom bursts forth from her and her life. And what if the church is calling, I mean, what if the Lord's calling this church? I want you to have that attitude, and I want this church to be a place where the Spirit can overshadow you and do only what he can do. And if King Jesus is manifested among us. It's a beautiful picture there that we would have the attitude of humility. And friends, we're not into gimmicks here. Why don't we stand? We're not into gimmicks or kind of church growth tactics. What we're into is the simplicity of being in God's presence together on Sundays and in one another's homes, of being faithful 
of saying yes to him, yes, Lord, be it done to us according to your word. Let your will be done, no more, no less. And it can only happen through the power of the Holy Spirit. You hear me on that? I think that in this day, there's probably ways to grow churches and do those things with human tactics, and we're saying no to those things. We're saying yes to obedience, yes to the presence of God, yes to the miracle-working power of the name of Jesus. Amen. We're uh, going to have some ministry time. We're going to have communion over here for those who are new here. We have communion every Sunday on my left. We have it over on the right as well, and you can line up and partake of the Lord's body and his blood. And Lord, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for worship. We thank you for Holy Scripture. We thank you for your vision of what it means to be the church, the people of God. We pray that even as we end here and we celebrate your death, your resurrection, your body and your blood in communion, and we have time of ministry, we pray that you would fill us up today. Lord, I pray if anyone needs to experience your healing balm today, that they would come. Come to the table and then come and receive prayer. I pray that in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So ministry team is up.